0: alpha dog
1: i love that welcome to the alpha dog capital deal flow channel this is where we talk about alternative investments that you cannot find on wall street listen and learn about deals funds syndications and business ventures we are not investment advisors and we do not give investment advice but we do talk about investments you may want to consider don't forget always do your own due diligence All right, welcome to another edition of the Alpha Dog Capital Deal Flow channel. And today I have a very special guest uh, who's going to introduce himself in just a minute. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about uh, raising funds for investing. Uh, my guest is Joel Block. And Joel, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Why don't you take a few minutes to introduce yourself to everybody and uh, let's get started here.
0: Hey John, well, listen, man. Thank you uh, for having me on the show. I've, I've been in the uh, syndication, the fund business for going on thirty years. I actually, learned this business as a young CPA. Uh, I was doing tax work for uh, for a syndicator. You know, for a, a big firm that had syndicator clients. We were doing uh, tax returns for windmills. We were doing tax returns for real estate, and and that's how I learned this. And I was assigned to do hundreds and hundreds of tax returns and. I hated doing the tax work, but I love reading the, the, the partnership agreements. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be a tax doer. I want to be a deal maker like these guys. And thirty years ago, thirty five years ago, I left the uh, the tax side and went onto the dark side doing deals. <laughs> well, that's great.
1: <laughs> so I know a lot of people that are listening are. New to the syndication world and and the opportunities that there are that that of private equity funds and and to uh, invest in in deals like this. what um, what kinds of um, what kinds of things that uh, they need to be aware of when they when they consider investing in a, a private equity fund?
0: well, so there' there's two sides to this. You have the uh, you have the side of the organizer or the group, which is the promoter or the sponsor. Uh, you call, maybe you call it the quarterback of the deal. And then you have the investors, the people that bring the cash. So one group brings the expertise and the deal flow and all the rest, and the other side brings the capital, and, and those people share the profits uh, in some predetermined way. Uh, and that's the business I've been in for for years. If you can bring opportunities to people, then they'll bring up cash, and the, the two groups work together. And and those are they invest in what are called private securities, and these private securities are uh, like an LLC you sell the shares of, of an LLC but you sell them privately as opposed to going on the stock market and selling them the way you would sell AT&T stock or something else and uh, it surprises people because people go gee I never really never heard of this before the private securities market in the United States is bigger than the entire United States stock market because you you, John, you might know this but guess what asset is held in private security you know, which asset the, the almost all the investment real estate in the country is held this way. yeah so most uh, wealthy people are investing in these private securities deals and you know they' um, it's real estate, it's a uh, venture capital is done this way. films are made this way. you know I mean you know everything is done this way where you pool investors together, uh, because very few people have the money to buy the size assets that they want by themselves. But when you bring a bunch of people together, that's the concept of capitalism is bringing capital together. This is the way that we put capital together.
1: Yeah, I got you. So um, a couple of questions, like a twofold question. What, And you can go either way with it, obviously, whichever way you want. So what kind of what are the good opportunities out there these days and what's your take on the economy? And they kind of, you know, go together. I think maybe some opportunities are better now uh, given what's happened in the stock market the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, um, I generally don't uh, comment on specific real estate deals. You probably would be in a better position to do that. Cause you're probably looking at more deals than I am. Um, I'm really more on the uh, the private security side, structuring these transactions, putting them together, raising capital, and, and like that. But um, you know, for the most part, let's talk about the economy for a second. Yeah. A couple of months ago, the second a property got listed, it was taken down by somebody, probably somebody that brought in a lot of cash or you know more cash than other people, and and so the value of cash can never be understated. Ever. I mean, the value of cash is always tremendous, and if you got to go get a loan. Then there's a risk number one the property won't appraise because you're paying higher than a market price two uh the person won't qualify there'll be some problem the bank is going to go slow drag their feet whatever the reason is Mm -hmm. it's just safer to deal with people that have more cash well who has more cash an individual person or a fund that pools a whole bunch of money together and walks around with cash and probably doesn't need to get financing they may want financing but they can close fast and they can refinance later or they can they can do lots of different uh, possibilities so funds bring great advantages to the table you know when you put people together in a fund or a syndication and you have that money and then the syndicator goes shopping looking for a deal uh, that's a pretty powerful uh, situation so that's that's one thing so when the market's really tough like it was a couple months ago uh cash is always king well, Uh, When the market goes soft, cash is still king, maybe even better, because now uh, all of a sudden, just in in two months time, things have really slowed down, mostly because of the increase in interest rates. The interest rates have really put the brakes on the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And what you have to think of this as, you know, the Federal Reserve's job is to, regulate the economy and make sure that it grows at a, at a reasonable speed. Um, think of the economy like a balloon and we're pumping air into the balloon. The balloon gets, gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the federal reserve tries to do it at a rate of about 2% a year, because at that rate, the balloon can grow nice and big and without any risk of popping or having any kind of a catastrophic problem. But The last couple of months, things are so out of control between oil prices, supply chain problems, which are increasing food prices and other things. Because these pricing uh, issues are so severe, we have something like an eight or an eight and a half percent rate of inflation, which is the greatest in the last 40 years. So what that means is that the balloon is growing too fast. Too much is being pushed into this balloon. So the Federal Reserve has to put the brakes on it and slow down the growth of the balloon so the balloon doesn't pop. And popping would be like a depression. It'd be some catastrophic event that, you know, where people start losing their jobs and we have all these problems. And that's not what economists are predicting. They're not predicting that people are going to lose their jobs. But the Federal Reserve tries to regulate this. The way they regulate it, the main tool they have to regulate it is interest rates. And so by increasing the interest rates, uh, and you can see this in real estate, Mortgage prices go higher and all of a sudden people who were going to buy a month ago are like, yeah, you know what, now, uh, now the price is too high. I can't afford the mortgage payment. You know, it's all All of a sudden it's up a couple hundred bucks a month it's out of my budget. Uh, prices are not coming down. They don't come down instantly. It takes a little while for the market to adjust. And so deals start falling apart and falling out and having problems. And so what the Federal Reserve did is exactly what they wanted to do, which is slow down the economy. And uh, and so what ends up happening now a seller puts a price on a property on the market. it doesn't sell in five seconds. Mm-hmm. It may take five days, five weeks and they start getting nervous. they bring the price down. A fund comes in with cash and says, you know what? Uh, we like this property. we can close in two weeks if we want to, maybe even faster. So uh, uh, but for that we're going to take a discount. We're going to take what I like to refer to as a readiness premium because we're ready. We're going to get a we're going to get an extra special discount, and most uh, sellers, uh, you know, given the choice between somebody that's going to take three to six months to get organized and somebody that can close immediately with lots of cash, most sellers would rather take a discount, put the money in the bank, and move on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So with a fund, um, so I, I do a lot in the single family house space, and those deals move pretty quickly. But let's talk about bigger deals. Like um, I know a lot of guys that are doing multifamily properties. Uh, So what you just described, I would think, uh, is really suitable for some of these bigger deals where it's really hard to uh, to get a for an individual to get a loan to take down a two hundred unit apartment complex.
0: Well, it's not only hard to get a loan. I mean, it's there aren't that many people that have five million dollars in cash and the balance sheet to be able to borrow another ten or twelve or fifteen million or whatever the number is doesn't make any difference. And that's the reason why people aggregate capital. That's the reason that. the industrialists a hundred years ago became successful is because they were good at aggregating capital. Wealthy people understand the concept of aggregating capital. And if you don't understand that concept, then you're stuck buying very small little things as you can do them. Maybe you do one this year, maybe another year or two later, you do another one. But if you can aggregate capital and take a piece of the action for being the aggregator, the quarterback, the sponsor, the promoter, then you can really build a giant portfolio, and you can own a very sizable percentage of the whole thing. Uh, you know, for uh, you know, for your efforts.
1: So I know I know there's people listening to what you just said, and they're probably saying, "Well, I want to get in on that. How how do, how do I? I'm struggling to do deals, and you know, I do one, two, three deals a, a a year. You know, but I really am trying to scale it, and the bank won't loan me money. So what what really can they do to get into that the world that you just described?
0: Well, you know, listen, I, I brought you into this world, you know, yeah, you, you, did. <laughs> you told me, you told me the story that you have been, you'd wondered how to do this for eight or 10 years. And then mm-hmm. we met each other. Uh, you were in an audience where I was explaining this concept and you go, that's the concept I've been waiting for that I've been looking for, for a long time. And sure enough, that's, uh, you know, we've, we've shared that with a lot of people. We do our annual symposium, which we just had a couple of weeks ago. Um, And out of that, you know, we educate people on how this whole process works. I mean, you know, these are people that are, these are are active real estate investors that are buying real estate. They've got some experience, they're rehabbing stuff, and they just feel like they're ready to go to the next level. And the next level requires that they aggregate some capital. And if they can aggregate some capital, then they can, um, then they can be successful in this business if they can run the real estate the right way. So um, people are welcome to reach out to me and I'll talk to them or, or they can, um, or they can call you or you know whatever whatever you want to do
1: yeah i'll I'm definitely i'll I'll ask you to give some of your contact information in a few minutes here, but I'll definitely also include that in the show notes so people can go and look at that and get the link and connect with uh with the opportunities you have available for education and and whatnot. Your symposium is a great option for people that want to get into this world
0: yeah, well it's listen uh if you're a sophisticated real estate person. Um, it's pretty hard to grow your business into anything substantial without using other people's capital. Now, a lot of people say, well, I already am using other people's capital. So then you have to ask the question, are you doing it correctly? Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's really uh, difficult. Now, if you're securing a mortgage and you say, okay, listen, can I buy a house, It's a hundred, uh, Will you loan me eighty thousand? You know and then they secure a mortgage, that's fine, that's great. that's that's a mortgage transaction. But if somebody loans you the money, and then says, "Okay, what are you going to do here?" Well, uh, I'm going to rehab the house, and then we'll share the profits. As soon as you're responsible for somebody else's money and making money for another person, you know, then then you're not a um, you're just not a regular guy anymore. Now all of a sudden, you're an active person, and they're the passive person. And here's the thing. Is the government a long time ago, a hundred years ago, kind of got wise to this whole situation, and the people who were the active people were causing uh, you know some problems. There were some difficulties, and think about this: and it's in a transaction where you've got an active person and a passive person, who has all the information, the active, who has all the knowledge, who has all the power? That you know, the active has everything. So the government gave some special power back to the in, the limiteds. And they called these securities rules and these securities rules, and I'm not an attorney or anything. I'm just explaining what I know about it. Cause I've, I know a lot cause I've been around it for a long time. The securities rules protect these passive investors. So if you take money from a person improperly, uh, then they can invoke the securities rules and they get certain privileges. Like they can get their money back from you and, and, uh, And you wouldn't believe that that's possible, but it is entirely possible. Now, you're going to say, well, we have an agreement that says we're joint venture partners. And that's great. But remember that contracts are only necessary if something ever goes wrong. So if everything goes great, then that joint venture contract that you have is fine. But if something goes wrong and the the property gets lost or whatever happens, the investor who gets mad, who loses their money, goes to their attorney and says, "Hey, listen." We have an agreement, but I don't know. Is there anything we could do? So the attorney looks at it and says, joint venture agreement. Oh boy, joint venture agreement. That means you were partners. Uh, Did you you vote on things? Uh, No. Did you go out to the property with the guy and work on things? No. Were you involved in hiring anyone? No. Did you review the financial reports every week or every month? Uh, No. Uh, So... So what you're really telling me is you really weren't a joint venture operating partner. What you really were is a limited partner, and he was the operating partner. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what the agreement says because the actions speak louder than the words. And when they sue you, they sue you using those securities rules. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, all sorts of troubles start to uh, to occur because you now uh, you know have a kind of a fake agreement that is worthless because now they're going to say, Hey, listen, this is just a fake agreement. They really, the guy wasn't really a joint venture partner. The guy was really a limited partner, uh, you know, and we can prove that. And, and then the syndicators got all sorts of trouble. So there's not a lot of ways to raise money in the United States and you got to do it in a, uh, in a legitimate way. And that legitimate way is really, uh, using the securities rules and writing a private placement. And this is what we teach people how to do. We teach it Uh, how to do it correctly. And then we've got an attorney that writes everything down correctly. and, And we put these deals together. We probably put together more of these syndications and funds than just about anybody else in the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the other side of it, Joel. So we've talked about the guy that has a deal and does, you know, syndications and is a deal maker. What about the the passive investor? How does a passive investor know that they're going that they're investing in something that's legitimate and that that really is set up properly, like you just described?
0: Well, you know, they always have the right to go to their their own attorney to review the deal, but very very few people ever do because it costs money to do that, and they're not going to spend. Ten thousand dollars to have their attorney review every deal that they want to take a look at. So they kind of thumb through it. Uh, they don't entirely know what they're looking at, so they're they're kind of guessing. And so what that means is that ninety five percent of this is about their level of trust in you. Do you have a track record? Do they trust you? Are you a, a trustworthy person? You know, are, are the people that you've had in your deals before, uh, whatever kind of deals they were, uh, do they have to have a good experience? You know, and and so. Somehow or another, you have to be able to point to some track record. Like if today's your first day in business and you call me up and say, Joel, listen, uh, I don't have two nickels around together. I've never done anything in my my life, but I really could use some money. Uh, This is not a business for you. This is not going to work out. But if you come to the table with a track record, you say, listen, I've flipped five or 10 houses and I've done this and I've done this. Do you think that investors would give me money? You know what? They probably would because you've got enough track record. That uh, you probably could at least uh, leverage that track record into something else. And that's really the name of the game here. So I would, uh, you know, I would, I would tell people that they got to have a little track record that they got to get something figured out. And once they do that, uh, then they're on the track to, to being successful.
1: So these these deals are structured a lot in real estate transactions. I know that earlier you mentioned like films are made that way and I think uh, you you alluded to crypto. Can, can you like describe what's the limits of, of how a deal can be structured using a fund or a syndication structure?
0: Well let's put it like this. Um, people can aggregate capital they can put capital into a pool and buy any asset that they want there's there's no limit to it. Now, the structure might be a little different. Uh, a real estate deal—you're you're not really buying the real estate; you're really buying a profits interest in the real estate. If it's a uh, if it's a potential venture capital deal where the company's going to go public, then you want to own the securities. You know, so they're structured slightly different. Maybe they're ninety or ninety-five percent the same, but the last little bit is different uh, based on whether you're going to, you know, what you're going to do with the asset. But other than that. Uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to build a freeway, or uh, if you want to buy a yacht, or you want to buy a timeshare, or a jet, uh, this is the way you aggregate capital in the United States. is you put it together in a pool, uh, you follow the securities rules. You issue a private placement. You tell the investors everything that you could think of that you know about the deal, uh, you know, good and bad, so that they can make an informed decision. And once these people make an informed decision, and they turn over the money and they sign the paperwork. Uh, then you, as the operator, you know, go to town and do the best you can to make this thing work out.
1: So, Joel, if uh, if people listening have an interest in connecting with you or getting involved in, uh, you know, coming to your symposium or finding out more about what's involved in and in getting into your symposium, uh, how can they contact you? Give us some contact information. You know, I'll put what, that in the show would- notes.
0: What I would say is, we produce a, a tremendous library of materials, and we, we have a lot of different ways for people to uh, learn from us without spending a dollar and really kind of see if this is the right path for them. I would tell people go to the website syndicatefast.com, syndicatefast.com. Uh, sign up uh, for our video series. Uh, you know, we don't send a lot of junk uh, mail and other things. Uh, get our videos. Uh, watch some of these videos, really start to absorb whether these kinds of things are uh, right for you. And and if they're right for you, then you could put an appointment on my calendar and I'm happy to talk to you further. And all okay. that happens at the website, syndicatefast.com.
1: Syndicatefast.com. So that will be in the show notes. So people can uh, find that and click click on that if they need to be reminded of that. Um, So Joel, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I'd like to have you on as a regular at moving forward uh, sometime again in the future. I think uh, uh, we can have a lot of good conversations and people would really benefit by hearing from you on a semi-regular basis, let's say.
0: Well, thanks. Well, you know, I I think you're the man. So uh, certainly you're the man in Atlanta, you know, and I, I I know a lot of people, Atlanta's a hot market. I'm sending a lot of guys your way because uh, I know you can really help them. So, Uh, I'm happy to support you in every way that I can and uh, being on the show, uh, happy to do it.
1: Yeah, thank you, Joel.